This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Unbelievable. Oh my holy word. Oh! saying who got it in. I don't really care. Here we go. Michael King, come on. Fully, fully, fully deserves. Brilliant. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of Minona and Ever podcast. We said we'd try and squeeze a quick one out and we have done so. The podcast started with the noise of Burnley's equalising goal against Middlesbrough at Turf Moss in a one-all draw that keeps the promotion race tightly in the balance, although Brighton did close the gap to two points. Um, We'll talk about the game in detail later, but we're going to start off with some clips from fans before the game. Natalie was talking to fans at the ground, asking how they're feeling about the promotion race and the game. I felt sick all day. I'm very, very nervous, and I think I might win if we win. (laughs) Confident we're going to win (laughs) 2-0. 1-1. Rhodes votes 90th. I'm really, really nervous. I hope we win. I think we'll win. Go on, Burnley. So that was Natalie's Vox Pop action ahead of the game. But Burnley battled and battled. That strong jaw was in effect again. And James, a point fully deserved, as Kev said on that recording very loudly. Fully, fully, fully deserved for Burnley. Yeah, I think so. It was a really difficult game. Um... I don't think it was a, a pretty one, but it was quite open. So I, I guess there were quite a few you know, attacking opportunities in it. But um, I think both goals really were quite ugly rather than uh, nice and pretty. Yeah, it was, it was a strange one because it seemed to be a lot of goal my faction, Natalie. But I think the stature, there was only one shot on target from each side. So in front of goal, a lack of quality. 
Yeah, I did say that as well. That was a really strange stat. And I think if you'd have sort of asked to predict what you thought the stats would be before the game, I don't think any of us would have actually put just one shot on target for either side. Um, it felt like, as James rightly said, it felt like a really open game. Um, I, I thought it was really entertaining to watch. I thought it was a cracking display of championship football. It was one of my most um, enjoyable games I've seen for a long time. But yeah, the stats seem to suggest a, a way tighter game or perhaps a more nervier game than the on the pitch seems to, to evidence. Also on the stats, it showed that Burnley dominated possession, which probably not happened for a long time. Um, Kevin, both goals from set pieces. There was a question over whether it was a foul for the, the Borough goal scored by Jordan Rhodes. I think um, Sean Dash felt it should have been a foul for us rather than Zen. Did you get a good look at that? Um, it was down the opposite end of the field to me, unfortunately, but... Um... It did seem that almost every time the ball came anywhere near a Middlesbrough player, they were they were on the floor. They seemed to um, go down very easily, uh, and the referee was often very keen to, to blow his whistle when we did so. Um, so I've I've not seen a replay. It was quite far away from us, so I've not seen the, the that particular incident in detail. But I would not be surprised at all if it if it was a very harsh decision because that's the, the way it seemed to go throughout the night. And what about the goal itself? Do you think it was just a bit of bad luck the way it fell to Rhodes, or? Should we clear the ball? Um, you could probably you could probably go go either way with that, but when you've got a, a striker like with, with with the quality of Jordan Rose, I know he's not scored um, too many for Middlesbrough, but I think he's a he's a he's a player that does score in patches, um, and obviously he got a couple of uh, at Bolton, so maybe this is his patch start. And when you've got a player of that sort of quality, he he's gonna he's gonna find chances. Um, wherever they come it's a bit like uh, the likes of Andre Gray he can make something from nothing and you give um, Jordan Rhodes the, the, the very slightest hint of a hint of goal and he's, he's going to make something from it um, so you could say unlucky he could say slightly poor defending but I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't go with either of those I think, I think it's just a sign of the quality that he's got Fair enough um, Apologies for any background noise on this week's podcast by the way we're all out and about recording this during the day so um, please forgive any sound issues on the podcast this week um, James, talking of sound, the atmosphere at Turf Moor on Tuesday night, probably the best it's been in some time I know you've been frustrated at the lack of noise sometimes but the fans really came through yesterday Yeah, no, I think it was actually sensational really compared to, to what we've been used to for, for a couple of years probably I mean, it was a really big attendance, I, I think, for you know Tuesday night. Um, obviously, fitting since it was a top of the table clash, but I think it was about twenty and a half thousand, which obviously is fantastic. And um, I thought really the key thing was when Burnley went behind. Um, there was that stunned silence, you know, a minute or two, but then the, the crowd really seemed to get behind the lads. And uh, you know, I think that sort of thing can be instrumental when you go go down a goal like that in such a big game. And um, you know, to hear the fans not getting on your back, they're still supporting you, and uh, we could push on to get the equaliser. Another positive impact from from a substitute as well, Natalie. This time, Matt Taylor with the corner for for the goal. He doesn't seem to get on the pitch a lot, but when he does get a chance, he seems to always come up with something important. Absolutely, he does. I mean, how many times have we seen this? And to be honest, I was a little surprised that he took Gray off. Um, I thought Andre had one of his best games that he's had in a long time last night um, and I was really surprised when we were 1-0 down so late in the game and, and chasing an equaliser at the very minimum. I did 
sort of have a bit of a, a jitter when Daesh took him off and brought the, the subs on that he did. But it just goes to show the quality of the squad that we now have, that we can bring on a, a, a sub of the quality of Taylor. And he almost scored himself just before the equalising goal. He had that free kick um, that just ricocheted off the Middlesbrough defender and out for a corner. And I honestly thought that that was going to be the goal. And when that didn't go in, I thought our chance had passed. Um, but... You know, we just seem to have this mentality, and Daesh has um, alluded to this before in interviews. We have this mentality from our individual um, individuals who come on as subs. It's like they've never been away from the game. You know, it, they just come on so switched on, so ready, and they deliver. That's a really important point. The player who scored the goal, though, Kev Michael Keane. Michael Keane again. And that's two in five games he's got right at the end, having not scored for a, a little while, and it just goes to show. Again, as Natalie's saying, the quality throughout the squad that even when Gray doesn't score or Volks doesn't score or anyone from the midfield doesn't score, we've got the, the ability to contribute goals from all over the pitch. Absolutely. I think particularly with Michael Keane, I think he's he's almost been our saviour this, this season. Obviously, he scored the, the last-minute equalisers against Middlesbrough and Brighton. I mean, you think back to the, the start of the season when... Um, we were we were struggling for goals a little bit, and he he was our top scorer at one point. He was he almost he pretty much single single handedly kept us going before we before the rest of the team got going really. Um, so he he's he obviously had a, a long period without scoring, but I think the goals he had scored this season have all been really 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 important goals, um, and and ones we'll look back on probably at the end of the season and as as being some of our most important hopefully. Um, and yeah, and you've also got the likes of Matt Taylor. I think I'm sure I saw a stat saying that he's been involved in more key passes uh, per minute on the field than anyone else in the league. And that was before the match. I might have made that up, but I'm sure I saw something like that. Um, but you look at the, the, the amount of games he's played and the amount of goals he's been involved in. Um, it's a really, really impressive figure. So to have someone like him um, to be able to come into the game uh, and change it potentially late, as, as he as he did was it his was it his corner against Brighton as well. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That stat I've got in front of me, by the way, it says uh, again. I think this might have even been before the weekend game, actually. But he'd made a key pass more often, and it was every fourteen point one minutes than any other player with five plus appearances in the championship in twenty sixteen. So um, that just shows how how regularly he creates opportunities, even if they are from set pieces more often than not. Um, Nasley during the second half, uh, before Borough scored, even. Brighton were starting to pile up the goals in their game, closing that goal difference gap that we thought was going to be so pivotal. And once Bra- once um, Middlesbrough took the lead, that put us down to third place. Was, was there any nerves at Surf Moor at that point? It's, absolutely. The whole stadium was terrified. It was, it was horrendous. <laughs> it's like James said in, in his comments a few minutes ago, there was a stunned silence and it just felt that when they'd because they scored quite late on it was like was it about the 72nd minute something like that their their goal you just felt that would there be enough time would we be able to find anything you know and to be able to do it and they were and then these scores were coming through from the Brighton game and it was just like oh my god this is horrific and I remember obviously not being a huge surprise of the defeatist in me but I remember putting my head in my hands at the ground and I just said to my other half who was sat next to me I just said this is it it's over I said we're in third and we're not going to get this back we're done we're in the playoffs and and I can't even do this and it was just one of those where you just feel so helpless as a fan and you can't control what's happening on the pitch because you're not playing and your your feet are kicking under the seat because you're trying to kick every ball and you're screaming and shouting at everybody and it was there was a there was a period of about five minutes before, like James said, the crowd suddenly turned and really got behind them. Where it was just, it was just horrendous. It was terrifying. 
I'm glad the the Brahma's reverse psychology seems to work in person <laughs> during the games at times. Yeah, that's true. I leveled myself into making sure that that worked. <laughs> <laughs> James, the relief must have been incredible when that goal went in. Then another moment that we could well look back at at the end of the season and think that was it. That was decisive. Yeah, I think it was massive. You know, particularly when you you see the chance that created the corner in the first place. I mean, I think everyone thought that Barnes's effort was going in until it deflected wide. Um, and, you know, we took the corner very quick because so I think it did almost catch people off guard a little as well. Um, you know, because normally even when we are short on time, we don't necessarily hurry the corners along so much. And, uh, you know, it was one of the scrappy ones, weren't it, where it was sort of bouncing around in the box and you're just hoping someone's going to get something on it. I think in the end, Keane actually shins it in rather than actually, you know, kicks it. But they all count. So I'm sure every Burnley fan there was both relieved and ecstatic to see that go in. Brilliant technique with the goal off, off the shin. Um, Kevin was recording during the game as well. Um, this is what he came up with. Enjoy listening to this. I'm sure it's going to be a roller coaster. I'm going to be checking my pulse throughout the day to see if the pressure of tonight's game affects my heart rate in any way. It's now about 9.45 in the morning and my heart rate is a very relaxed, about 59 beats per minute. Let's see what happens later on. So we're about half an hour before kickoff now. Um, we're just outside the turf. My, my heart rate has increased to about 90 um, beats per minute. It's a, it's a really weird mixture of excitement and nerves. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful day, great uh, blue sky above us. Fans um, seeming, yes, yeah, fans seeming quite good spirits. Have you heard Rocky there shouting his uh, golden gamble or whatever it's called now? There he goes. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. Okay, the teams are out now. My heart rate has increased to about 110 beats per minute. This is huge. This is it. Adam, how are you feeling? Oh, there are no words. Come on, Burnley! Okay, we've played about 15 minutes here and Middlesbrough have just um, hit the crossbar. Um, from a quite long-range shot following the corner. Uh, my heart, heart rate is still around just over, just underneath 110 per minute, which is um, about double what it was earlier this morning. Uh, my legs are shaking, and uh, we've got a game on our hands here. Played about half an hour now. Um, Middlesbrough had a, a good, good spell of pressure, but we've now broke away and had two very, very good chances on goal. Um, my heart rate went up to about 110, but I think it's, it's, it's steadied down after those two chances now to around uh, 100 beats per minute. So um, let's hope we can continue putting chances forward. Come on, Burnley. So it's half time now. Uh, other than a couple of very short spells, which is probably our own undoing, it's been a very even game so far. Uh, that's been reflected in my heart rate. It's gone down to about 90, 95 at the moment. Um, feeling relatively comfortable, but it's still a very tight game and one chance could seal it. Uh, let's hope it comes our way. Come on, Burnley. Oh, God. Unbelievable. Middlesbrough have just totally, totally against the run of play. Um, can't take the lead. Um, it's, 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 it's gutting. Um, blood rate, uh, heart rate is still really high. And the crowd is still behind the team. We've got to come back and get this. Come on, Burnley. We can do this. About five minutes left now, we're piling on the pressure. You certainly wouldn't bet against a goal. It's a Matt Taylor free kick. Oh. 
wide for a corner. Come on, Burnley. saying who got it in. I don't really care. Here we go. Michael King, come on! Fully, fully, fully deserves. Brilliant. So that was what Kevin was recording during the game. And we were also keeping an eye on our heart rates during the match yesterday. I can't remember whose idea it was, but we thought it would be interesting to see how our heart rates were affected by what was going on at Turf Moor. James, yours went scarily high <laughs> at one point, didn't it? Talk us through how your heart was behaving. Um, it was pretty, pretty steady for the most part. I think um, the average was 85 beats per minute, which is actually a little bit high, uh, higher than I'd expect, sort of sat doing nothing. But um, I think a few chances sort of caused it to peak above uh, 100, but the excitement of the goal got it up to 174 beats per minute, I think it was, which is... Um, Quite high for non-sporting activity for me. Someone called an ambulance. That's very. Uh, but th- there was, but th- there was scarily a high. There was a lot of fist bumping going on, um, <laughs> so that might explain it. And uh, still nowhere near my max, which is two hundred and four. So, uh, you know, not so really. The record game, so. you might set later in the season. <laughs> There's more drama like that. Uh, I'd really hope not. I set that going for mountain on a bike, so that's uh, <laughs> probably a bit harder. Natalie, your heart rate was. was- Climbing steadily throughout the game, wasn't it? Yeah, mine mine wasn't quite as uh, as, as peaky as, as Birdie's was, but I think my resting heart rate in the afternoon when I was at my calmest was sixty eight. Um, when I I measured it again when I was getting changed for the game and when I pulled my shirt on and it went up to thirty uh, sorry eighty seven. Um, then when I was going to the ground, the next recording was when the team news came through. And bizarrely, seeing that Tarkovsky had not made the bench made me really nervous for some reason. It gave me a bit of a, a butterfly effect in my stomach. Did you have and a bad feeling I, about it? I had a really bad feeling about <laughs> it at that point. And at that point, I think it spiked up to 92. And that was, I think, about the highest that it was. Um, I measured it again, not immediately as the um, goal went in because I was jumping up and down. I was also having to contend with an elbow in the face from my other half, which is uh, another one for injury corner, which seems to be a standard that I get injured when it comes to Burnley celebrations these days. But um, just after the goal had, had gone in and I'd sort of stopped jumping up and down, my peak was 135, which was just after the goal. So more than double, but not quite the 174 that Birdies was, but still uh, pretty alarming. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to get anywhere near James. <laughs> Must be all that fist pumping. Um, Kevin, were you measuring yours during the game as well? What, what did your heart rate look like? Yeah, my <clears throat> my heart rate um, actually actually peaked just just not long after kickoff. Actually, I think it peaked around uh, fifteen minutes into the game and actually started to come slowly down after that. I think as 
as the the game seemed to settle in and, it, and we were it was a relatively open game. Um, my heart rate slowed down a little bit, but then after they scored uh, and going into injury time, it, it went well up. And then I think it was I think it was around ninety for most of the game. Um, I think after going into injury time, I was around one ten, and I think after they scored, I, I checked it about five minutes after this, after after sorry, after we scored, we equalised, and it was around one hundred and thirty then. Um, so um, yeah, it. it I actually seemed to settle down during the match, but when obviously towards the end, that's when all the, all the tension came and all the excitement. It'd be interesting to compare these maybe a, a game later in the season to see if our horrors get even bigger as the, the stress and the tension continues. Um, one thing to talk about from the game was the latest comments from I saw Karanka. We, we could talk about Karanka's comments on the podcast every week. He seems to come out with some fairly odd comments, but the one that has piqued the interest of Burnley fans is one about long balls. He's complaining about our long ball tactics, even though um, statistically Middlesbrough played more long balls in the game. Um, James, before the match as well, there was comments from Karanka about how if Burn- if he had 10 or 13 Premier League players and had had Andre Gray bought for him, he would have got promoted by February or something. What did you make of those comments? I think they're all absurd, aren't they, really? Um, you know, you can make the case that obviously we've got players who played in the Premier League last season, but ultimately they played in the Premier League last season and got relegated. So you could make the argument that there's evidence there they're definitely not Premier League players. But obviously, I think, you know, the reality probably lies somewhere in the middle, doesn't it, you know? Plus, plus there were only Premier League players because we got promoted to the Premier League. <laughs> That's how you become a Premier League player. Exactly. So, you know, I think really, actually, you'd say... It was a team with 10 to 13 people Premier League experience who were lacking one or two pieces to remain Premier League players. Um, but I, I think the comments after the game were absurd. He said something like, they resorted to long ball, which with the players they've got is weird. And it was like, well, we were desperate, so we put boys who could win balls in the air on and lobbed it to them, which I think is maybe the well, most well-established you know, last 10-minute panic tactic there is. My favourite part of that comment, James, was that um, that whole entire line was it was it was something like uh, they scored because they played long ball, and then he said, "I don't know why they play long ball." Well, <laughs> it's because we scored. Uh... <laughs> oh God Almighty! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just very odd. Uh, Nastly, the thing that stood out in the the pre-game comments was that he, he, the subtext seemed to be that he was having another go at Jordan Rhodes. It's become quite clear that he didn't want Jordan Rhodes at the club. I think. Him to come out and say, "Oh, they went out and bought Andre Gray." It quite clearly, rates Gray higher than Rhodes. I, I just—it's just—it's unbelievable, and I, I, I'm quite surprised that not more has been made of this in the press or other people haven't seemed to pick up on it. I just—I've never known a successful manager who's on the cusp of being promoted potentially as champions to the Premier League so disrespectful of his players and so down on what he's been given. So. I, He's not a man motivator, is he, by any stretch of the imagination? And just think, some of the comments that he's come out with, I, I, the one where he said about Jordan Rhodes is not, I think he said, he's not a winner, you can see it in his face, or he's not confident, whatever. I think, well, if you're Jordan Rhodes, well, how do you how do you want to perform for him? And, you know, you look at those comments on the back of the fact that he's already had a, a training ground bust up and been told to stay away from the team. And you just think, I think... I think Catherine, who was on our podcast in the build-up to the game last week, she made a really good point here that it's all kind of been brushed under the carpet for them because of their recent success. But if 
if if it happens now that Burnley and Brighton win all of their games and Middlesbrough end up in third, I do suspect some backlash to come back here on Karanka. But I think at the moment they're trying to keep calm and not make a big deal of it because, number one, they don't want to rock the boat. They just want to get there. And, number two, it may be irrelevant if they go up as, as in first or second place anyway. But it's just, it is very odd. I think you, you're right. Like those problems, they don't just go away, though. You can pretend they're not there, but you can't just repress them and hope. Um, Kevin, the comments just—it's hard to get your head around what he's trying to do. Is it mind games, or does he believe this stuff? Like, you could pick holes in what he said so easily. I mean, the players he picked out—he picked out Gray and Tarkovsky. Gray was a replacement for Danny Ings, who was probably our best player. We also lost Trippier and Shackle, who some would argue were two of our best players as well. And Tarkovsky's only played when there's been injuries, whereas they went out and spent. However much on Jordan Rhodes in January, whereas we bought a, a substitute defender, it just seems a, a strange way for him to try and look at it. Definitely, yeah. It's it's uh, it, it, it's like he's trying to do mind games, but I think mind games only really work when they're up believable almost, and it it, it doesn't seem as it, it's it's so clear that he's trying to go do mind games and he's almost taking it to such an extreme that you just you can just kind of laugh at it and move past it really I mean talk about he would have got Burnley promoted by February is just just ludicrous and when you see comments like that it's hard to take anything else he take he says seriously really I think that's spot on I mean it just it doesn't make any sense <laughs> for me to say that um, sticking with the Karank theme then we've got a, a, a linked tweet of the week this week so over to Natalie tweet of the week tweet of the week Tweet of the week, tweet of the week, tweet of the week, tweet of the week, tweet of the week. We do. It's our little mini tweet of the midweek, which we're going to have a slight variation of at the moment. And we, we couldn't resist that. Maybe it's just the, the gloating in us and the euphoria of last night's, but we, we couldn't resist having a, a little pop at our friend, Mr. Karanka, in our tweet of the midweek this week. This tweet comes from Dave Roberts, who simply tweets, Dear Mr. Karanka, which was the long ball team from these statistics? Hashtag deluded. And is attached to that tweet of picture, which has got the stats on it from last night. And it shows that, yes, Burnley did play a long ball game. They had 85 long balls throughout the game. However, Middlesbrough had 107. So it's just a nice little reminder to Mr. Karanka that maybe he should get his facts straight before he starts mudslinging. Hashtag deluded is my favourite part of that. Book. It's my favourite, I love it. Hashtag deluded. Uh, looking ahead to the, the weekend then, James, Burnley play first at Preston on Friday night. Do you think that's that's crucial? That we've got a chance to go back to the top of the table? Yeah, I think that's a really huge game, to be honest. Isn't it? It's going to be a really tough one. We saw last night that you know, Preston are quite a resilient side and uh, you know, they did really well to, to get something out of their game last night. So I think they'll be difficult. And obviously, I think they'd love to... to Psychologically, Kevin, the fact that that we go first instead of chasing as as we have done at the weekend, that opportunity to put the pressure on, do you think that's that's going to be one of the most important factors or do you think it it doesn't have that much of a difference? It's probably somewhere in between those really. I I think it's it's one of those things that can add that add that two or three percent um difference to the to the mentalities of players and obviously we, we know we know how fine the margins are at this time of the season. Um so it's 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 about one or two percent that can make that big difference. But um um yeah hopefully we we, we can use it in our favour. Do you think that's gonna be important Natalie or do you, 
I remember the last time we played first, Dyche and some of the players were quite dismissive of it, making out that it didn't make a difference, but surely deep down, the opportunity to get back to the top and put the onus on Middlesbrough and Brighton, it's going to be in their mind, surely. You certainly would have thought so. I think at this stage of the season, we have to be very clear as to what is put out there in the public domain as a strategy for... Um, to, you know, to portray an image of the club and to also not give our competitors any sort of advantage whatsoever. And it doesn't surprise me that all of those things are very much played down because they want to come across as calm and collected. But at the end of the day, there's just three games left now and they will know that they, ha- they have to win all three. We cannot afford. Last night's draw was as good as a win from a promotion point of view. It probably means we may not win the title now, but it still keeps us in the same position where we've got to win all of our remaining three games. And if we do, we are promoted regardless of what Brighton and Borough do. And I think that they will probably not, in that sense, look at the timings of the games or just know that whether they played first, the simultaneously or last, they absolutely have to win that game on Friday. And I suspect that is all that they'll be focused on. I think that's fair. Um, now, we spoke to, to Catherine to get a Middlesbrough perspective a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Joining us now, we've got Nick from the V2 Football Podcast. Nick, a Brighton fan. Brighton, two big wins um, back-to-back have put you right in the hunt. You're level on points with Burnley now. You must really feel like you've got the momentum in this promotion race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, say, I mean, at the start of the season, if you uh, said to me you'd be on uh, 84 points, I believe it is, Um uh, third in the league, uh, with a serious chance of going up, I'd have sort of uh, said you, you're absolutely crazy, after especially how bad we were last season. But no, I mean it's just we're just going from strength to strength. Um, and um, as I say, um, over the years, Brighton we've struggled to score goals, but I believe we're now what the second highest in the league, I think, of scoring goals. Um, say we say f- a five nil win, then a four nil win. It's just almost surreal to actually think we're actually doing this and uh, the only disappointment obviously uh, last night was that we're uh, still we're not in the uh, automatic promotion place we're, we're only third in the league but certainly um, confidence is that high and uh, so on to the next game on Saturday against Charlton all, all three teams at the top are in quite good form at the moment there's, there's no sign of a slip up Brighton four wins in a row isn't it since since we drew down there what did you make of that game did you think um, our late equaliser was deserved was 2-2 fair overall um, so um, I thought um, we were the better team on the day. Obviously, I could be it could be potentially a bit biased, but it's uh, but I thought we were probably the better team on the day. Um, we played the better football. I thought um, I thought it was one of our best best performances of the season. If I'm honest, uh, there's obviously some major talking points. I thought Joe Barton should have been sent off not once but twice. If I'm if I'm honest, uh, but it's one of those decisions you can debate all, debate all day, and you probably still wouldn't. <laughs> Agree on the uh, was it a red card or not? Uh, but in that token, Burnley um, were very should have had a goal simply. If that goal goes in, they and they went and scored the other one, they could have won the match altogether. So I thought Burnley were very resilient at the back. I thought they uh, the Ben Me Ben Me had a great game sent it back along with uh, Michael Keane um, and obviously Andre Gray. Um, he's the body's the best player in the league in my opinion. I think he's absolutely outstanding. Um, and yeah, I just thought. Um, on the day, we were probably the better team. However, overall, a point was probably fair on, on both sides. Um, and I think, again, it's summed up the championship. It was a fantastic game. And um, so both both scenes uh, obviously couldn't be separated on the day. Looking ahead to the, the running then, Brighton at, at Charlton at the weekend, who obviously already relegated. They were relegated on Tuesday night. But then you've got Derby at home and Middlesbrough away to end the season. 
Mm. Even with such a, a strong run of form, those last two games are quite daunting, aren't they? But I suppose the flip side is that with Middlesbrough on the last day, Brighton are probably going to have it in their own hands. That's the thing. It's um, the case of three wins are in the Premier League. As simple as that. No, no ifs, no buts. It's three wins. It's Premier League football for next season. So, I think if we, if we can do that, then it's obviously it's completely in our own hands, as you, as you said it yourself. But I think um, Charlton. I think we should win. I mean, if you don't win that, then I don't think you probably deserve to be playing Premier League football next season. If we're if we're honest. But then again, they're down. They've um, they've got nothing to play for, so they could obviously have that relax relax about them, but. Um, obviously, um, we saw because we saw Bolton give Middlesbrough a good tough game on a Saturday. They went one nil up, and then Middlesbrough had to bring it right at the death. So, um, obviously, we're not expecting Charlton just to roll over and give us the points. We know we're going to have to work hard, but I'm hoping it will be um, the case of the last two games. We get that goal just to really relax, and then hopefully the uh, the floodgates can start to open, and we can actually then look to catch. Uh, I think Burnley on goal difference as well because we're now the death four got a better goal difference of four or so. That should be our next game really, but um. Yeah, I think with Derby as well at home, we should be looking to beat them. I know Derby are a bit of a mad team. One day they can show up and look like the best team in the league. The next day they can show up and look like one of the worst teams in the league. So it's a, uh, but yeah, ideally in an ideal world, we'd love to be all sorted by Middlesbrough on the last day, or at least needing a point there. But um, but yeah, if we just simply we we simply look at it, three wins in the Premier League, then then if we can go with that mentality, then we we should cross the line. But as I say. One thing I've learned about this season, it's just impossible to call it, and that's why we love the championship so much. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned goal difference there. Hopefully it's not going to be that tight, but I think fans of all three clubs now are expecting it to go down to the last day, at least have something still to be decided on the last day. Um, how, how do you see that, that playing out? Because Burnley are at Charlton on the last day, which on the face of it is quite a straightforward fixture, so... Do you think it could be between Middlesbrough and Brighton as a straight shootout for the other slot? How do you think it's going to pan out? Well, it, there's sort of loads of options that can happen. I mean, there was even scorecard. Of, it could be needing Brighton and Middlesbrough both need a point each, and then could it be the case of that um, sort of the, they just get the it'd be like one of those World Cup matches where you just yeah, get the ball. Yeah, that would be terrible. It would be terrible for us. <laughs> I mean, I think we have to look at it and say that it's just too unprofessional to do that, and it's not fair on Burnley. And um, but I think you'll see a very um, I think a very packed defensive midfield that game. I think both teams will, will won't certainly show that much enthusiasm or going forward. But I think still with the running, you've got to probably say Middlesbrough and Burnley are probably the favourites. Mind you, though, I think Middlesbrough probably got the easiest running given they're at home to us in the last day, and I think they've got Birmingham away and Ipswich at home. We've got um, you lot got. Preston away, which is the I think that's the make or break game. I think if you can win yeah. that, you, you'll be fine. We I think. play first um, this weekend as well. We play on Friday, so we've got that's it. It's a bit of a Lancashire derby, isn't it? Preston, yeah. I don't know how far it's they beat us earlier in the season as well. So it's, oh, it's did they? Well. Oh, I say, I think that could be. I mean, I don't know how big the rivalry is between you guys, but it's obviously Lancashire derby, it's a, it's a close derby, so I'm hoping that. Yeah, that, that that could be the one. Obviously, not not trying to be rude or anything to you guys. But <laughs> I'm that that could be the uh, slip up uh, for one of the two. And then, but then Middlesbrough home to Ipswich. Mick McCarthy, we've seen over the years, he doesn't tolerate um he doesn't tolerate poor performances. He doesn't expect his teams to roll over, and he always gets a solid side. So you never know, Ipswich could sneak a point there. And then there were Birmingham. Obviously, Birmingham will be Birmingham's last home game of the season. So obviously, you always want to go out of a you always want to bow out with a win. Um, 
before the summer break. Um, I don't know who you who are the other two. Guys? I know you said you got Charlton away on the last day. Uh, have you got QPR Penal? at home next weekend. Yeah, I think that should be a um, a comfortable win there. But uh, I think yeah, Burnley have got. I think everyone's got their sticky game really. I think Burnley have got the Preston away. I mean, we've got Derby at home, and then Middlesbrough is probably um, Birmingham away of, the, of everyone's sticky game. Um, but as I say, it's, it's, it's so tough to call. I just hoping, yeah, we can just simply focus on getting those, getting the nine points from three games, and it's Premier League football for us next season. Which, as I say, if you said at the start of the season, is absolutely beyond belief. If, if you had to stick your neck on the line, then what what would your prediction be? Do you think Brighton can be in the top two, and who, who do you think is going to go up? I think at this moment in time, I'm still going for uh, Middlesbrough winning the league. Burnley's second, I think. I'm afraid to say. I think, it, I think it probably will be. I think based on the experience of them, I think Middlesbrough squad is just so strong. I think we're now seeing how how strong it actually is. Um, and I think Burnley being there, done it before a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, I think they've got the best player in the league in Andre Gray up front. I, I just think it's probably going to be those two sides, but. As I say, I'm certainly not ruling us out anything. I just think it, I think it'll, the pitch will be a lot more clearer, especially if, if Burnley do go and lose at Preston and we go and beat Charlton. I think then we're it's completely in our it's complete the ball's completely in our court. And I think at the moment in time, due to Burnley's last minute goal last night, so I suspect Turf Moor's absolutely buzzing that it probably is just about Burnley Middlesbrough favourites to, to to go up. I'm sure there'll be a lot more twists and turns to come. Normally at this stage, I'd wish you luck for the rest of the season, but it's more like wish you luck in the playoffs, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think I say it's it's been a fantastic championship season again, and um, I think that's the thing. If we all go up, I think we will miss the championship of how tight it actually is and how absolutely, exciting yeah. and how exciting it is. But yeah, I think we've got to wish everyone. We've got to wish Bernie and Middlesbrough good luck for the rest of the season. So that was Nick from the VT Football Podcast, Nick feeling that Brighton might well miss out. Kevin, how, how do you see it shaping up now? There's three games to go. All three sides are in the same boat. Three wins gets you promoted. How do you think it's going to go? I haven't got a clue. It's, um... <laughs> I tweeted last night that there's, there is now a possibility that a club can get 90 points or even more and finish third, which it's, would it's, be it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I, I think I'm going to have to spend some time looking at other maps and seeing what can, what can and what can't happen. Uh, I suppose one maybe slight concern is that Brighton is scoring lots of goals at the moment and it's, we did have a, a healthy goal difference lead on those at, at one point, but I think it's uh, it's gone down to four, I think it is now. Um, so hopefully they can stop having so many big wins and we can maybe get a couple of our own. Um, but yeah, it, it it's I really wish I was a neutral because this season... Um, as, as, from, from a neutral perspective, it must be it must be fantastic to to watch that the the, the battle at the top. Um, as as I am, I'm, I'm, if we get promoted, I'm sure we'll look look back at it and appreciate um, the added excitement it offers. But right now, it's it, it's absolutely petrifying, and it's uh it's it's, it's really scary. Looking forward to the, to to the, to the upcoming games because we've we've so little time left and. Um, it's not just like I say. It's not just how close the league is, but it's it's the quality of us three sides have got, but uh, us Middlesbrough and Brighton, but that one of the teams is likely to get ninety points and not go up. Um, so you, you you've got to expect all three teams to win every game they can win. Um, so the slightest slip up could be really costly. So what's going to happen? I haven't got a clue, and that's both fantastic and 
terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I think permutations is a word that only seems to get mentioned at this, this stage of the season where you're trying to work out what various results mean for your team. Uh, even looking at the league table right now is making me feel a bit sick, to be honest. Games this weekend, Brighton are at Charlton, who were relegated from the Championship on Tuesday night. In fact, almost everything else in the league is settled, apart from the promotion race. It looks like MK Dons are going to go down as well. Playoff places are almost secured as well, with Hull, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday taking the other three places. So really, it's just down to who goes up and, and who misses out, Natalie. And it's going to be such a blow for whichever of the three sides to have scored so many points and been on such a good run. All three teams at the top are in fantastic form. But one of them, one of them has to miss out. It's just horrible. How has this even got into this situation? I... They should just get, they should get rid of the playoffs. Get rid of the playoffs <laughs> this year. Just have three automatic promotions. And we're done. That yeah. would be much fairer. <laughs> Um, I think I, I share Kevin's just confusion with all of this. I genuinely don't know how this is going to go. For me, I think it's down to two fundamental principles. If Burnley do not win all three of their games, they will finish third. If they drop, even if they just draw one of those three games, I think they will finish third. I think it's that important. It's three wins and nothing for us. So let's assume that Burnley win all those three games and that they are promoted then it's just going to come down to Middlesbrough versus Brighton in the last game of the season. And you know what? If I had, it's it's almost a coin flip. But if I had to guess now, if I had to back one of them, I would back Brighton. And with Middlesbrough coming third, um, I just feel that's on the assumption um, that Burnley don't drop any points. If we drop any points, then that's it, I'm afraid. But I think that's that's my gut instinct this morning is that I think that that's how it's going to go. Who knows? The, the fear for me is that is that we we do slip up either at Preston on Friday or against QPR, which is on paper quite a straightforward game, but at this stage of the season, I suppose none of them are. But if we slip up and then it's not in our hands, Nick raised the frightening possibility that on the last day, if Middlesbrough and Brighton are far enough clear, they could draw and lock us out of the promotion place and it wouldn't, ma- wouldn't matter what we do at Charleston, which... It's, it's awful to think about, but it is a possibility unless unless we do our jobs and, and get started with a win at Preston on Friday. Um, we talked about the Preston game quite a lot of detail last week on the podcast, so we'll round off with predictions for that game. Friday night at Deepdale, in front of the TV cameras, I'm sure it'll be a big crowd at a finally finished Deepdale. I think it's it's finished for the first time since, since we've been there. Natalie... The reverse psychology didn't quite work for the last game, but I assume you're going to stick with it for this one? Yeah, I've got a really bad feeling about Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just got banana skin written all over it, and it would be just so Burnley-like to go and lose at Preston on Friday night and last night to be all for nothing. Um, So I'm going to go with a very horrible 2-1 win to Preston. I'm absolutely terrified. I'm going to be there, which I think I prefer to trying to listen to it on the radio at work, but I don't know. I think it's going to be unbearably tense. Kevin, give us a prediction. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. This is uh, it, Preston, obviously, we've shown in 2016, they've got a lot of quality in the, seat, in the side. I think at one point they were uh, one of the form teams in the league. Um, it's, it's definitely got banana skin, particularly with being a, a local game. Um, they'll be well up for it. Um, local games form it's a, it's a cliche but form goes out of a window 
Um, I think they're going to score, um, but I've got to go. I've got to go with a Burnley two-one win. I think it might be a draw, so hopefully um, Kevin will be the the right one out of the three of us. We lost James to a work meeting, but I'm sure he would have predicted six-nil Burnley with an Andre Gray hat trick. So I'll leave that in there for him. <laughs> That's it for this week's podcast. Then we'll be back um, probably Monday or Tuesday to hopefully talk about a Lancashire derby win and possibly Burnley at the top of the table. Thanks to Nick, the Brighton fan, for joining us. Although he did plant that awful idea of a draw on the last day, locking us out of the promotion places. Thanks to Kevin, Natalie and James for coming along as well. If you've got any feedback about the podcast, please do get in touch. You can get us on Twitter at NoNaneVerNet or you can email us. Email address, as ever, is podcast at NoNaneVer.net. But that's it for this week. Try and keep your heart rate under control for the next few days, everyone. And we'll be back soon. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.